So welcome to Unsigned 518. I'm sitting here with Joe Mansman and uh, part of the Midnight Revival Band. So uh, I guess we'll start off by just starting and introducing yourself and what you do in the band, and then we'll we'll go down the line and go from there. Right on. Um, my name is Dollars. That's, a, that's what they call me, and I'm uh, the lead guitar player. Uh, my name's Rob. I'm the bass guitar player. And I am the one and only Joe Mansman. <laughs> so we've actually been talking about doing this for a while. And it's like I've had probably a dozen episodes where that's happened, where it's been like, yeah, let's do this. And then like fucking four months go by and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, we were going to do this. And um, I think it was last year's Listen Up Awards when I met you because yep. through Abby, who, you know, in my band and. The Listen Up Awards are just happened to be we're recording them the day before. So oh, are you shit. guys are so you guys going down? It is a year, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Yeah. It's earlier. Oh, like, that's right. The Listen Up Awards were like what, in July. July. Yeah. 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 So they're it's not quite a year. They moved them up, but and you guys are up for best hard rock mm-hmm. band, and we're up for best hard rock band. Oh no way, <laughs> buddy! I hope awesome. I hope you get it. I no, get it. I don't think we're I don't think we're gonna get it because um, we're also up for best punk and garage band, and that's the one that we were like, that's our category. You know what I mean? That's our category. We were like, I don't know if we're if we're like really that hard. Yeah. Of, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like the garage makes sense, but uh, so we when we were like telling people to vote for us, we didn't even mention the, the hard rock one. We were like, we're up for best punk band. Fuck yeah. Like, but, and that's one of those categories where everybody in it, no matter who wins, it's going to be awesome. Cause it's super 400, you guys, hard luck souls, uh, us and seas Atlantis who we just played with last night. Like, and those guys are fun. Um, but yeah, anyway, James, James is awesome. Yeah. 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 He's a, he's a really good front man. Yeah. I, I legit enjoy watching him. Well, it was funny because when he, when they first start playing and he has the guitar, and then when he puts the guitar down, I like looked over at my buddy and I was like, "Dude, it's front man time! <laughs> like here it comes. He's gonna do some kicks, gonna do some jumps, and shit. Switching gears. Yeah, totally. Um, so I guess I want to kind of go back to the formation of the band. I mean, as it is now, I don't know if you want to how far back you want to go. If you want to, you know. Tell the story of Joe Mansman and the Midnight Revival. Yeah. You got a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, much, you know, we do. You got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, I mean, I've been playing um, music since I was maybe 12. Um, my mom got me a bass for nice. graduation. Uh, well, no, no, not graduation. It must have been my birthday, maybe. Yeah, cause twelve. I didn't graduate at twelve. <laughs> yeah, no. You're a yeah. scholar. Well, I got a, um, I got a bass. I got a, I got a wine red uh, Yamaha, and uh, taught myself how to play. And um, I was in the uh, the church worship band, and uh, you know, I I didn't sing. I just I just you know I was I was just learning how to play music, and uh, somehow just I got volunteered to be the singer of that group, and then. Started singing. I was playing bass and singing actually, but then uh, some of uh, some of the other members of the worship team were like, "Hey man, you know, like we want to because we, we all we all went to high school together too." And they're like, "Hey man, we want to start a band, you know, like we should try to write material." And I was like, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't know how to fucking write songs." You know what I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know. So uh, we tried it. We had a band called Solid Blue, <laughs> and uh, 
Uh, surprisingly, actually, uh, that band existed for like three years, and uh, and we we played a lot. And it, um, I don't know, like I, it kind of set me on a path for the rest of my life. Like you know, all those guys, you know, when we got older, they they went off to college. You know, when I graduated high school, I I didn't go to college. I said, "Fuck this!" Like I'm gonna keep playing music. I'm gonna go on tour. I'm gonna, you know, I don't care if I'm I'm broke. I'll I'll be punk rock <laughs> about it. You know, right. and um. You know, I was in a bunch of bands, just on and off, and mostly playing bass. You know, and and singing. And uh, eventually, uh, my brother, my little brother, and I, we uh, we started a band called the Bright Light Motion. And uh, that's when I wrote. I really started writing a lot, and uh, kind of just discovering, like, uh, you know, discovering like what I what I was capable of, really. And I put the bass down, and I decided to step into a like just more of a frontman role, and. Um, uh, that, with that band, I ended up like, uh, going on tour for the first time. And, uh, do you guys remember Shockhound? You guys remember Shockhound, what that was? It was kind of like pure volume. No. Well, we did, we got offered this thing with Shockhound through Hot Topic where like, they, Hot Topic used to have bands like, uh, doing, they used to do showcases in their stores. So we ended up on this Hot Topic Shockhound tour <laughs> and we went out for nine days and we played in hot topics like you know i mean like all the way south and back and uh and it was a lot of fun and um that kind of introduced me to like what i considered my first like real like hard work in a band you know what i mean like we would it's not like we could afford hotel rooms you know we, we'd sleep in the van you right. know like we, we used to do this thing where we'd pull up to a rest stop and uh it was in the middle of june too so it was fucking hot so we would go into the uh, the rest stop and we'd get like those free magazines they used to have and we'd tape them like on the windows so that the sun wouldn't be beating down on us every morning. <laughs> and I would bring, you know, a box of cereal with me in a bowl and every morning I'd, I'd go into the gas station, I'd grab some free milk from the coffee machine and fill up my bowl of cereal and, and that's how we got by. And, you know, we didn't do showers or anything like that. And, right. I don't know. It was a grind, and that was like that was my first taste of like, oh man, like being in a band is hard work, but I love it. You know, this is this is cool, and um, you know that that band didn't last <clears throat> that long. We you know we put out a couple of EPs, but um, I was in a really serious band after that. We were called Cosmonauts, and um, I stepped back into a bass player role, and I I, I did bass and vocals in this band, but um, with that band, I. I almost got signed to Victory Records, and uh, what ended up uh, killing it for us was uh, uh, the image of the band. Like we we had these killer EPs that we had put out, and uh, Victory, uh, we were in talks with them, and uh, they ultimately decided not to sign us because they said that uh, the image of the band was off. You know, they said that um, the band didn't look like the music that we played. You know? Times have changed, <laughs> right? Well, that's you know, yeah that that actually got me kind of more into like uh, you know the the business end of music and like what was important if you wanted to be a serious band, you know. And um, when that band ended, I stopped uh, playing for I don't know five or six months, and then um, my brother Al and I we formed this band, and um, we. You know, we started doing like Southern rock and uh, some country stuff. And, you know, I've always been a fan of that that genre anyways. So, you know, like not really like the 
the cheesy pop country stuff, but really like the outlaw stuff. Right, right. And, um, and we started writing songs in that vein. And uh, that was, man, like eight, eight years ago. So, and we, yeah, we never quit. So, and we kind of just developed into like just more of a sleazy rock and roll band. <laughs> um, what was interesting actually, so about, about the early days of this band is that uh, nobody would let us play shows with them. Like we could, we couldn't get on any shows around here and whether it was trying to hook up with other local bands or promoters or just hitting up venues, like we just couldn't get on any fucking shows. So with this band, we, the first two years of this band, all of our shows were just out of state, you know, and we had to, we had to travel to go play shows and we played some really, really bad ones, you know, like we played hotel bars and, you know, shipping containers and, you know, parties <laughs> and backyards and like whatever, whatever, wherever people would have us that's what we would play because we weren't getting on anything, you know, like around Albany and around Glens Falls where we're from. And then, um, our first real local show in, in Glens Falls, that's where we're from, by the way. I don't know if you know. I did know that. Um, our first real show with this band in Glens Falls was Gemfest 2016. And, um, for whatever reason we got put on as the headliner. I don't know why nobody, nobody (laughs) knew who we were. (laughs) <laughs> but we played that show and we were firing on all cylinders. I remember just crushing and um, everybody was like, who's this band? Like, like what, what the fuck? And my response was putting the finger up and saying, fuck you guys. We've been here the whole time. <laughs> right. you know I mean, you guys wouldn't have us. So, but um, I don't know. Yeah. So that, that's, we're not, we're not there anymore. I mean, you know, now it's, it's easy for us to play local shows and we still, we travel a bunch, but you know, that was our first uh, real like introduction to being able to play locally as this band. And, right. we, and we had been around for two years at that point, and yet nobody would have us, you know? Like, do you find it like playing, because like, I mean, you know, in our band, we have no aspirations to go anywhere outside of like this very small yeah. area. But I know you guys were just like, what, in South Carolina? Florida. 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 Yeah. All right. Um, do you like, do you, dig that to be like you have no idea go you know what (laughs) i mean um the response down there even like so before we went on this last run in florida with texas hippie coalition yeah great guys um we went out we started in pennsylvania went to ohio and then did virginia for two nights right two two virginia dates um the response in those states unmatchable like it was amazing like we had such a good time and they did too and it was obvious and I mean, because again, as someone who's not experienced, you know, like the van life as it's like referred, you know, referred to, like it's it's always like super glorified. Do you find that the reality of it it was a shock, or were you kind of like, no, nah, this the is only great? Thing that sucks you know what I mean? About it's coming home. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the only thing that's Rob about. did a. Uh, uh, after the last date in Florida that we just did, Rob did the 26-hour drive by himself. What? Non-stop. Non-stop. <laughs> He's an animal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then once we, you know, Jesus we, we got further north, yeah, we hit the we hit the snowstorm. Yeah, that you know? was and a fucking big one. So, yeah, it set us back six hours, but Rob did that whole drive just by himself. And wow. I was uh, at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we left his ass in Florida to go to Disney yeah, while the me, rest so of us went home. Yeah, why not? <laughs> no, I mean it, it is. Yeah, I mean obviously, yeah, it's very glorified. You know, any band that travels and and does this knows that it's you know it looks exciting on social right. media, but really, I mean, when you're 
sitting in a van for five, six hours. I mean, um, yeah, it's fun because you're with your best friends and it's it's fun. There's 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 enough jokes and fucking farts to go around. You know what I mean, <laughs> plenty but, um, of farts. <laughs> but after a while, yeah, like it gets uncomfortable. You know what I mean, you're switching seats. You can't seem to, you know, s- fall asleep even for half an hour. Right, you right. know, but. Regardless, I mean, I, if I could stay on the road, I would. You know, because one of the themes I've always like bring up is that people that aren't in bands but do enjoy, you know, local music or going out to see live music, they don't realize that for the most part, like bands are doing it by themselves. For the, you know, they don't have somebody fucking doing things for them. You have to do everything yourself. That's true. From yeah. like, you know, scheduling and booking and getting yourself paid you know what i mean like you always get the the i don't know again everybody thinks that it's just like this glamorous shit but it's like it's fucking work the term like, working band is true yeah uh, we work a constantly lot. and yeah. it's almost like playing live gets that's your payoff for the for the work you yeah know? i mean like, just before we came here we're demoing to do new stuff. You know nice. what I mean? We're, we, there's not really days that we take off. I mean, we may not get together, right. but in, individually, we're always, I think, running and doing something to do something next. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I got out of work from my, my, day, my day job, I literally drove uh, from Albany back to Hudson Falls while we demoed a new song real quick for an hour. And then came right here. So I, we we are always working. Yeah. Um. And people don't see sometimes like, uh, what happens in the background there. And the, the you know, it, it, we don't just show up to shows and play. Like, there's a lot of there's many hours involved in 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 what we have to do. Like, even when we're on tour, I mean, we keep a very strict itinerary. And right. even like just the 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 rules that we set for ourselves that we have to abide by when we're on the road in order to keep things smooth can sometimes be grueling but you got to do it you know and really for no payback other than like hey for the experience and for playing in front of uh you know new listeners like you know we you know we don't really make money on the road other than our merch sales right. you know and uh you know, and it's fine. I mean, dude, like we spent many, many hours just eating chips for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know? And, you know, the payoff at the end of the night after a good show is a couple of beers with some buddies. Right. And it's right, cool. Right. Yeah. You know, and some new fans that had never heard you before, and they're like, we loved it. Yeah. Even if it's like one or two exactly. people per show, like that shit adds up and adds up. And like, and especially in this day and age where they can just be like, oh, I'm going to follow these guys. Yeah. And then like you got them. You know, they're right there in, in your pocket, literally, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and uh, that's how you get, that's how you build it up is, yeah. again, doing the fucking grind. And well, exactly. Like, the grind mm. is, you know, getting out of, not necessarily just getting out of New York, but getting out and playing different places, right. well, getting lot, your name out. Yeah. A lot of people think that, you know, the internet, with the internet, you don't have to travel around because everybody can hear you. But the right. problem is it's so filled with so many musicians and so many bands mm-hmm. that you can be looked over. But when you go out and play in front of a new audience, that's where you pick up the and you fans. make your yeah. statement. I mean, you know, yeah. you're in marketing. You said, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah, you got, you gotta, you gotta go out and do it and get it into the hands of the people because the internet, yeah, the like you were saying, like it's it's just so wide now and there's millions of bands. Like, yeah, I mean, even 15 years ago, you know, we didn't have Spotify. Right. You know what I mean? Like people couldn't just jump online and find music 
on a whim. You know what I mean, like you gotta you gotta create your own market. Yeah, you gotta just go out because there and, you have a platform doesn't mean people know who the fuck you are. No, <laughs> you know you gotta, what I no, mean. You gotta you can like, hop on TikTok right now, and I can find you fifteen new bands in probably <laughs> right, you know, right. twenty seconds. And there are some of the exceptions. There are there are some people that yeah, like they'll just po- they'll write a song, throw it up on TikTok, and they're insta famous right. i mean right. but then there are other people like us you know what i mean like who have to go out and we got to work for it so we're proud of that yeah we are proud of it like you know i uh one thing that that we do well as a collective unit is like we're on the same page as far as the work ethic goes we know that what's got to get put in and what the payback's going to be at the end of the day and as long as we can all agree on it you know i mean we go out and we just do it and we you know, we're not always successful, but we, we learn from the mistakes and right. we, you know, we create a new set of rules next time. And um, w- regardless, we always find a way to make things work. So that's awesome. All right. Um, so I guess we're kind of at that point where we should maybe listen to a tune from Joe Mansman and the Midnight Revival. Um, did you have one in mind? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is a song called Take It Easy. It's from our. Uh, our EP that we put out in October called Live for Thrills. And um, originally, uh, we had every intention of uh, putting out a full length because at the time, we we were writing a ton and going into the studio once a month and, and hammering out one song a month. And then um, when we got offered you know, a big tour, we decided to, to nix that idea and put out whatever we had at the moment as an EP just so that we could have an album to promote on the road. But, um, but the song itself... Um, had been uh, floating out there in the ether for you know about three months prior to the EP coming out, so people got to hear it, and it's actually our first. Um, it was our first single to ever make it on uh, major rock radio, and uh, uh, when when we were first writing this song, it uh, we we must have demoed it a million times. I mean, like it had so many different formats, so many different lyrics, so many different arrangements, like, but um, uh before we really came up with uh, its definitive version, you know, I was going through a divorce with uh, my ex-wife of seven years. And um, the story behind the song was that, uh, you know, throughout our, our relationship, she, you know, she used to say like, oh, you've, you never wrote a song about me. You know, you write songs about all kinds of stuff, but you never wrote a song about me. And then, you know, and then we divorce and then, well, there you have it, you know. So then really like uh, when you listen to the lyrics, it's less about me singing about another person and more so about what I imagine this person thought about me. You know what I mean? I'm the person with the brown eyes. I'm the person who drinks whiskey. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, and the song just came out like right after that happened. And that's when we, when I, I, I finalized the lyrics for it and I was like, yeah, this is, this is the one, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is my story. So, All right, so let's listen to Take It Easy, Joe Mansman and the Midnight Revival, and then we'll be right back.
Take it easy, Joe Mansman and the Midnight Revival Band. So you guys 
just got off tour. You were talking how you 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 made the trip in one 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 twenty six hour drive at the end of it. But so like that was recent that you got off off tour. Um, is there any like highlights? Any fun stories? Like a, a I guess a tour recap, and then we'll maybe get into a little bit of what you guys got planned now that you're off tour. Yeah, we. Um yeah, we just uh, we did a couple of dates uh, out in Florida with uh, Texas Hippie Coalition um, uh, during their first week of touring on their new album cycle, which is really cool to be a part of that. Um, great band, and uh, we always have a lot of fun. We're very grateful that they're so just gracious to us to bring us out with them. Um, they've shown up, you know, because I I follow you guys. They've shown up in my feed a bunch, and I've been checking out some of their songs. I really. I'll made. tell you what, their live show is it's out of this amazing. world. Yeah. Um, and they're on top of that, they're the most some of the most genuine guys I've ever the, met. Their videos life. are fucking out of this world. Too, yeah, dude. I mean, they, like, you know, um, what's really, really impressive about that band is like, you know, I mean, uh, commercially, you know, they hit their peak like 13 years ago, but um, their draw is unbelievable. I mean, every show <laughs> that we played with them on the first leg of tour back in the fall was sold out. So we played the sold out rooms every single night. And that was and through Florida. No, uh, no. The the last one that we did um, back in the fall, you know, we <clears throat> we hit up Pennsylvania, oh, Virginia, okay. Ohio, oh, and um, and ev- like I said, every every show was sold out, and uh, it, uh, you know, just from talking to people at these shows, there were a lot of lot of people that were saying like, oh, yeah, this is their first time seeing that band, and so their audience is s- still growing right after all this time, you know, like, um even just being able to hear uh, them play new material that hasn't been released yet, like their new material is unbelievable, you know, like, like it's just the, uh, the singer, you know, rich, he's like, he's hitting 60, you know, and that guy is one of the most rocking motherfuckers I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah. You know? Um, but we, yeah, we had a blast and like I said, we were very grateful, you know, that, um, you know, that was, that was our, our, our first major tour, um, was working with those guys and being able to, um, uh, uh, work with, um, you know, things like tour managers and promoters and like, like I said, have an, uh, have an itinerary we have to keep and like, it was very different for us, but I think that we, we adapted very well and, and, and we did very well and, um, we certainly grew our audience by a bunch. I mean, uh, it was insane how even just after a week like our like our facebook you know follows like went up by like you know eight thousand. You know i mean like Uh-oh. and it was it's just insane like and a lot of these pretty much my my social media feed is just like people that i've encountered on the road now you know and uh that's still are liking and commenting on any post that i make even if it's non-band related you know so like it shows that well, where we where we've been, we've made some kind of an impact. Right. I mean, every time the first that first run when we did Pennsylvania, Ohio, and two nights in Virginia, like the amount of stuff that we signed, and you know, like the the amount of attention that people wanted from us after, because it was almost like, especially as a band from New York, and you're going south, you don't know, you're always kind of rolling the dice as to what your draw, you know, what are people going to think of you, and and we were surprised every night at the amount of people that genuinely enjoyed it and like it's one thing to see the people in the crowd start swaying their hips and having fun and maybe even singing the songs that they haven't heard before but to have them count countlessly come up to you to the merch table and want to talk to you and find out more about you that means we're doing something right 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 you're connecting with with an audience which is something that some bands just simply don't do you know some bands just play music 
and there happens to be people in front of them, but they'd be doing the same. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, whereas, you know, I feel like your your show, you know, I've seen you guys play. I think, I think your show changes, I guess, depending on the energy of the, mm -hmm. like, you can feed off that and yeah. bring more energy, whereas some bands kind of don't really care what's going on off the stage. There's a huge like, relationship, I think we all in our band understand, between the audience and ourselves. Right. Like, we could play to nobody, which we have done. Oh, we've oh, done that too. One person. Yeah. And we still do. No, we've um, done, and, yeah, and, we've and we're not above zero. it either, yeah. but we, we bring the it. same show every time, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, but I mean, I don't mean like uh, like changing the show or like the, mm. the energy, but I feel like um, as an audience member... When you see somebody and you know that they're not paying attention, you know yeah. you, they're not paying attention to you. There's engagement that needs to happen. Yeah, and I and I when I say like change the show, I mean almost like you can be dynamic. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you've got some rowdy people that are yeah. like, yeah, you can be like, hey, you guys, you know, and like yeah. directly connect to them and yeah, get we, everybody fired up. We and, have a solid repertoire of three or four better songs that we can interchange depending on the crowd mood. And we know? do that. Like we, like, you know, like uh, we, we always, you know, uh, have like a meeting before we get on stage and we're like, hey, like, hey, these kinds of people showed up. You know what I mean, let's adjust the set list. You know what I mean? Accordingly. We do um, the exact same thing. Like we've got yeah. some songs that are like straight up reggae songs. Yeah, and we like, played at a show. Uh, you know, I won't say where or with who, but like the band was very clearly a heavy, like very heavy bands, and we were on a multi band bill, and like yeah. a couple of them, like we were like, "Fuck, man, this crowd is not gonna like not gonna react." Bit of an oh well shit moment like, there. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we're like, we, we'll we actually that, had that concern know? on the road too. Like, you know, we um. You know, like I said, we come from a Southern rock background, right. you know, like uh, our first couple of albums were all like heavy Southern rock. And um, and a lot of that material, we don't necessarily play all the time anymore. You know, we're we, we're, we're always just more driven to do like newer material. Um, but even when we were on the road, you know, like when we encountered like, for example, like when we were in Ohio, you know, like the crowd that uh, no, it wasn't Ohio. It was, it was Virginia. Um, the first Virginia night like that we played. Uh, you know, it was a, a massive biker crowd, you know, and we're like, okay, you know, do we, do we do uh, more of our like eighties material? Are, are we, are, are we going to draw it back and pull from the past and, and show these guys, that, Hey, you know what? We were a Southern rock band. We still are. We can grind. Right, you know what I mean, right. and so we, we, we pulled out some older material and that went over even better, you know? Right. So was that blue, blue Fox? Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. we just talk about really quickly about, so that first leg again was like a taste of the the road you know we were really kind of relying on each other that was one of the things you know is being a band like we're, what we're doing is relying on each other every night to deliver and you know be there for each other right. so i didn't even realize i think it was blue fox where was al's blue amp fox. went out yeah first yeah. note of the first song yeah. i didn't realize until two songs in i don't think but as I look over, I see Rob trying to play and help and figure out what's going on with Al's amp. It was the only night of the tour that Al had two amp heads on stage. He brought two on the road, and it was the only night on tour that he happened to bring the second one on stage. So we swapped out heads. Yep. Wow. So we played the first two songs with one guitar player pretty much unbeknownst to me. And then by then, I knew the next song couldn't... I, I forget what the song was. It was either Al had to be a part of it. It was Lips on Fire. No, the third one. Oh, that, that was Rebels, yeah. 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 And so we play together on that intro. So I knew something had to happen. 
So I just whip out this like big guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because I don't know what else to You're do. Like, kill time. Kill <laughs> yeah, time. Exactly. Actually, and the super solo. <laughs> they, they call it's it listed on the set list as the super solo. <laughs> the super soaker solo. <laughs> but um, we did that and like you know that whole thing went and then they fixed his amp and everything he played the rest of the set everything was great we we get off stage and not only do we get praise about you know how you know we we played well and whatever but the people that noticed how quickly and proficiently we were able to cover ourselves because when you're in a room with a hundred people silence is awkward real fast that's how you handle yourself you gotta be on your game yeah and like shit goes shit goes wrong you know strings break yep. like c- chords come unplugged i almost fucking uh wrapped my big orange cord around my ankles and went down like a fucking sack of potatoes i came really close to because i was just like spinning around yep. and i wrapped it around like twice and yep. i was like my fucking ankles to get what like about florida in florida we were playing at the occ roadhouse yeah and uh, our drummer's foot pedal the uh the pin that goes through it yeah, snapped. Oh, Jesus Christ! In the middle of a song, so the drummer for Texas Hippie got up on the stage while Maverick was playing with his other. He was playing with his left foot. He had a double pedal. A double oh, okay. Pedal. Yeah. The drummer for Texas Hippie taped up his pedal in the middle of the song, yeah. and then we finished the song. <laughs> and I don't think anybody noticed. Right. <laughs> I would say our biggest motto was adapt and overcome. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. It's the adaptability because if like some shit happens and you freeze up. It sticks out, you know? But, like, if you plow through it, it's rock and roll. Yeah. (laughs) You still owe Joey lunch for that. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Joey, we owe you lunch. To rewind back to how this uh, conversation even started, like, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I consider our band, um, we're more, we are songwriters more than we are performers. And uh, to me, it's about the the execution of the song itself and um, the songwriting and everything else is secondary. So even if I'm playing to an audience of one versus an audience of a hundred, like it's, uh, it's really important to me that a song is executed well and that, uh, that song connects with somebody. Um, and what keeps me, uh, wanting to continue playing music, you know, year after year is, uh, in new people connecting with a song that I wrote. Right. You know, so, yeah, it's a fucking trip to see somebody singing along with lyrics that you wrote. You know? uh, we, I had this experience that blew my mind um, in uh, in Tampa, where um, you know I I don't even know what the fuck I was thinking. I just I I remember raising my hand and saying like you know how many Midnight fans we got in Clearwater, you know, and hearing like a couple people roar, you know, and then hearing people singing back, you know, one of my songs. Like I don't know, it you can't beat it. Yeah, you can't beat that feeling, and that's far from home. You yeah. know, like <laughs> that's the biggest thing. When you are that far from home, that's that roll of the dice. You don't yeah. know what's gonna happen. Totally, and especially you know if your strings break or something, that's your <laughs> first blemish in front of a new crowd. Yeah, and how you handle that is your first impression. And if you know, um, but so anyway, so that is there any other wild stories you want to want to tell from the from the road, or you want to so, get into? Oh wait, so I mean, do we do we want to get into a little bit more wild stories? We could talk about how <laughs> I'm um, another great band that we met on our first leg of the tour, Closure. Okay, um, I want to say they're from Alabama, correct? Yeah, yes. Um, great bunch of dudes. Um, and we got to share the stage with them for four or five nights, and <laughs> one night, uh, uh, 
we had a great time after the show, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we were all <laughs> drinking, having a great time. <laughs> and we all go back to the hotel, our band specifically. Um, and we get a text the next morning asking from the other band if we have their drummer. <laughs> and we did not have their drummer. <laughs> nope. So it was a, you know, when you're on tour and you got to be to the next venue, you got to be, you know yeah. what I mean? So we wanted to help them, but we also had to get on the road. So it, everything worked out. They found him. It was great. <laughs> I'm not going to get any more personal details of that. But oh, I, was, will. Okay, I will. I okay. will. <laughs> it was because it, it's like something out of a movie. Like, it was so their, their it was drummer, like shit. Their drummer just disappeared. Nobody had a text, a phone call, nothing. He was just gone. And some people saw him leave with, you know, a couple of showgoers and walking on the side of the road. You know what I mean? Somewhere in like Richmond or something. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it was Richmond. And he was no, gone. It was actually and, in Ohio. Was it? It was in Ohio because we had to get to Virginia the uh, next night. Winchester, Virginia. Um, but all the whole day, like leading up to us arriving at the venue, like we were getting texts and phone calls and 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 messages just about like these guys trying to find their drummer. Like it, it started becoming a real concern. Like, right. like I hope he's not dead. You know what I mean, they checked hospitals. But yeah, when they when, oh, wow. when they got him, when they got him, and then showed up to the show. The story was wild. He like he woke up in somebody's Subaru in a parking lot. In a, in a, parking, in a lot. parking lot. No idea how he got there. Didn't have his phone. He had to walk he lost to his like credit cards. He lost his credit cards. His wife had to fly there. Yeah, and like give him money. He 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 walked to like a CVS or something and and was able to call his wife and then she had to fly out. You know what I mean, I hope we're not like, outing any details that he didn't <laughs> tell her. But I, I, know, I love you, Mike. Hey, love Mike, you, Mike. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You just a fucking hilarious bastard. That was awesome. But <clears throat> no, yeah, it was, it was it was funny. Um, I mean, as far as like wild shit, like I mean, most of the wild stuff happens on our one-offs. I mean, like on tour, right, we're pretty behaved. Right. right. But, like when we're when we're going out on the road for like one or two days or something, like that's when the wild shit happens. Like fucking. I mean, what's like, it, I? We can't downplay the fact that while we were in Florida, it was Joe's first time in Florida ever. And huh. then we went to the beach and hung out, and and Maverick had jeans on, yeah. and you did too, didn't you? And while we were at the beach, the guitar player for that band we were talking Closure about was happen- came and visited us. To be coming through uh, Tampa, and he stopped at the beach and uh, hung out with us. Hung out with yeah, us. That was cool. nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know. I'll leave it to the audience's imagination as far as how wild we get. I can tell <laughs> some wild stories, but most of them are very, very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that. Like, we were in Burlington. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Well. Okay. <laughs> well, no, just like, you know, this woman was, you know, was there at this place with her baby, and she had no reservations about telling us, like, you see these boys? These are boys that you will not marry. Yeah. <laughs> These are the types of guys you will not marry. Yeah. <laughs> then, to be fair, she's not wrong. Right. You know, in in Boston, some guy, I lit up a cigarette on stage thinking, oh, I can get away with this. No, that motherfucker came up on stage, the bouncer, and took the cigarette out of my mouth. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, my ego does not work here. <laughs> one time, we all lit up cigarettes on stage. It was one of, it was like my second show. We are at Googs. And we got about halfway through our cigarettes, and we saw that the, the owner wasn't too happy about it. So he's like, put them out. So I didn't realize I had a bottle of water and some beers and a bottle of whiskey. Joe put his cigarette out in my water bottle, 
and I didn't see it. So I put mine out and I needed a swig of water. So I grabbed my water bottle and started slamming it, get the cigarette butt and all the tobacco in my mouth. Uh, we used to have a rule and about like, that. Here's actually. the song one, two, and, three, yeah. four. Back, <laughs> back yeah. to the next one. <laughs> when we used to practice at the temple, we had a rule about that where if like if if somebody put a cigarette out in your beer and you like you accidentally drank it, you'd have to finish that beer. Right? <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't a part of that. A part of that. <laughs> uh, so what? Now that you're on, again off tour, I know we were saying that there's some new music in the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is there like a timeline on that, or is it still like early stages? You're gonna take a little rest now that uh, now that you're off. We don't give ourselves no rest for the weekend. No rest, no rest. Yeah, we have <laughs> studio time books. We don't give ourselves timelines for releases necessarily, okay. um, unless it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Unless it makes sense. Yes. Um, but. Um, one thing that uh you know that we're always on top of is just constantly pumping out material you know like we're never short of it and um every i mean it just happens every time like you you put out a record and you have four or five songs already written for the next one and uh and like i said i mean back in the fall we had every intention of putting out a full length yeah. you know and then when we had to put the kibosh on it because we got offered that tour um the th- songs that we were writing to add to that ep uh, we just are already written. Yeah, they're already written, but even some of them were already squashed because we were writing stuff beyond that already. Right, right. So right now, I mean, we're we're in a good spot. You know, we're um, you know, when we get together, even if it's just a couple of us, you know, we, we always come to the table with some material. And um, bef- in just a couple of weeks' time, I mean, we already had half of an album already written again. So right now, we're 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 getting ready to go back into the studio to do uh, to do a single, and then um, the other tunes that we're working on right now. Um, you know, we'll do two, three at a time, you know, as the spring and the summer progresses and cool. see what happens. But yeah, as far as timelines, you know, I just, whenever it's right. I just want to say like one of the cool things too about being on tour is that this one song that he just mentioned um, being our next, you know, single is that we try it out on the road and see what the response right, is. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's, it's nice to have that ability to see how, foreign crowds yeah. react to something that hasn't even been heard at home yet mm-hmm. you know yeah. we had we had that one guy and his wife come up to us and say it was the best song they've ever heard yeah <laughs> nice yeah. there's a compliment yeah um so you know working on stuff it'll come out at some point but you're yeah. always then, always working is, is basically yeah and you know message. we we always have a slew of shows uh ready to go booked months in advance like you know we're we're doing um uh, we're doing uh, the seventh annual Gem Fest. Oh yeah, Gem are, Fest. Are you guys playing Gem Fest? We are not playing Gem Fest. You should apply for it. They're still looking no. for bands. Are they really? Yeah. yeah. Um, go to go to the Gem Fest um, uh, Facebook page, and they've got the submission. <laughs> what, what's the date on that? It's July twenty first and twenty second. It's a two day event. Yeah. yeah. But there's oh, still. Oh wait. Uh, I think that's the same day as Nipper Fest. It is. Oh, it is the same day. It? Are you guys yeah, playing? Yeah, we're booked at Nipper oh, Fest. Where is yeah. Nipper Fest? Good for you. Uh, Schenectady. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um Jim's awesome. I love I, lo- I love doing anything. Well, anything I mean, with Jim. we yeah. were the band itself was a staple. I'm the I think I wouldn't no. say other than Rob because Rob's been a part of the band forever, but I'm the newest member. So No, you're not. Well, Maverick no. is. Oh, Maverick's Maverick the newest is. member. I'm drunk. <laughs> You've been in the band now for like three years, dude. I still feel like the new guy. Yeah, I don't know. Technically, Maverick's the newest member. Technically, I'm the second newest member. Yeah, but you've uh, been around but you've forever. Been, but you've been in and out of the band's circle yeah. for years before Five you years? were in the band. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was uh, when... Uh, 
we were listening to the song we were talking about how we joined the band i yeah. thought it was a, a an interesting story it was just like yeah i already know the songs <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, you know I'll like do it. all right cool so, like, i i think I, the first show i played um i found out i was playing it the night before yep. it was a day's notice yeah. yeah yeah we had a we had a two-day weekend booked um uh two shows in in vermont and um our our bass player johnny at the time he he got covid so on a day's notice i said hey rob like can you play a 45 minute set he goes no problem <laughs> like, <laughs> i already no, know him just, no problem like I love it. done like <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> uh so do we want to play another tune before uh before we get out of here uh yeah um uh this has uh, been a staple of our set too now and uh it's on the same uh record that we just released this song is called Good Ass Times. All right. That's, um, and uh, yeah, one, two, three, four is how I, I, I yeah. Uh, uh, this song um, was written with a, a different lineup, actually, like a couple years ago. And um, we, we weren't even sure if we were going to put it on a record or not. It was kind of one of those songs that you worked on for weeks and weeks at a time and you felt like you weren't getting ahead. You know what I mean? And then it got dropped. And then. Uh, our lineup changed uh, drummer bass player gone I mean and replaced and then um, this song got reintroduced in the writing room and then something just like just magic happened and all of a sudden this song worked and uh, lyrically we've had uh, we've had so many lineups in the existence of this group that uh, when you listen to the lyrics it's kind of like my my uh, tribute to all the guys that you know played music with us in this group and um you know i don't know if they've ever even heard this tune but you know if you guys listen to it like just know that it's about you and our good times together and uh and you know how you guys all helped shape what we are you guys are part of the canon forever all right awesome all right so let's listen to good ass times joe mansman and the midnight revival band and they'll be right back to wrap it up
Well, well, hold on one sec. Hang on to that thought because I've actually I actually started recording because oh. I knew I knew we had interesting oh, shit coming. Okay, sure. So that was that was good ass times. Uh, Joe Man's been Midnight Revival Band. Now now pick right up where you, and so so the crowd isn't confused why all of a sudden we're coming out of a song into a conversation. <laughs> but yeah, continue. Why why do bigger bands <laughs> lead singers hate you? <laughs> it was, <laughs> so th- it's funny. I, I was I was out at the bars last night uh, seeing a buddy of mine, and the story came up about creed right like they were playing creed in the bar and i was like i was like i got a scott stapp story and uh we we played a show with them once where uh they had they had two touring bands that broke down and we were asked to open for them the day before and we accepted so uh scott was on like he was like recently sober like remember that was like a big thing yeah, in the yeah, media. Yeah. I mean, because like, he had to refund a bunch of money yeah. for being too shit house. So to... he, it was in his contract that bands touring with him could not have alcohol like backstage, right? No drugs, nothing. So it's fine. We took our fucking thirty racks at the alleyway. You know what I mean? And we're outside partying, and right before it's set time. I took a beer and just dumped it all over me. I just showered in this fucking Keystone light, right? And, and I got on stage. We did our set and everything. And when Scott went up, uh, we were exiting and their crew was starting to walk on and Scott's standing right backstage, right our side stage. And we hear him go, who is this fucking band that made my stage smell like beer and cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. And then, and then, um, it was funny, like, yeah, you because know, it's, it's Creed, but yeah, but um, to be fair, where did the beer come from? Their manager, yeah, their tour manager they're, gave they're, us a thirty they're, rack. They're, their manager, yeah, Scandal. felt bad about about the contractual stuff that he gave us the beer, and he's like, he's like, oh, I feel really bad, but you know, you guys can drink. He's just go in the alleyway, <laughs> and, and but and he also with us for yeah. context too. I wasn't in the band yet. This was my first time going to a show and hanging out with these guys because I was getting ready to be a guitar player for this band. So I'm seeing all this for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's like, I'm like, you got something in your hair? He's like, ah, whatever. He just <laughs> dumps a whole beer in his hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Warren. We didn't Warren really have any. Awesome. There was yeah, there was it was an awesome show, and we loved. It was my Warren. birthday on Warren too. So uh, we love that band, like one of the favorites. And they didn't have any beef with me per se. They just like I don't know what did he say. He's, he's, he was a guitar player. The, the guitar player said yeah. something, something along the likes of "Oh fuck that singer." I just I just want to listen to the guitar. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm a yeah. singer. I just, yeah. just want to see the guitar. Player. Which as but a then, guitar player, I I get it. We, uh, we played <laughs> we played a sold out show with Quiet Riot, which was. Yeah, it was a great show, and um, the catering Is that strand. Yeah, the yeah. strand. Yep. For the catering backstage, <laughs> I mean, we, we were already drunk. We had a good time. I mean, we had a, played a good set. We're fucking hungry. Like we helped ourselves to the pizza, but apparently we, it wasn't our pizza. Like, <laughs> I mean, the singer, they had shrimp a, cocktail. They had, or <laughs> they had, they had this break in their set where the singer walks off stage. Apparently goes backstage and eats a slice of pizza. Like I don't know if that was written into their set. You know what I mean? But he comes backstage. He opens the box. He's like, "Y'all ate my fucking pizza!" Like slammed it down like a little girl. You know what I mean? Bished about it and then w- and then went back on stage to play his like two big hits. You know what I mean? And you know he was big and man. You know he was, and we were la- we were dying because we were like, "Oh, this motherfucker's gonna go on stage now." Real pissed off playing his playing his big hits. Right. <laughs> But uh, I just want to shout out to those guys. We'll play with you anytime. Yeah, <laughs> love you, Rudy. 
Uh, <laughs> Rudy Sarzo, honestly, though. He was the nicest. Love that dude. Jizz. Nicest dude ever. Awesome. Jizzy Pearl. He, so he uh, I get, now that we got a, a couple of those stories out of the way, and like I said, this is my show. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> like, um, but I want to give you guys a chance to say, like I said, your gratitude, your thank yous, your shout outs, your whatever. So microphone's all yours. You want to go? go ahead. Uh, this is Dollars for the Midnight Revival Band. Um, I want to thank, I mean, not only my family supports. I mean, they've supported me in being a musician my whole life. They kind of understood that it would never make money. Uh, but um, we're getting to a point where that might change. And so, you know what? I would definitely want to shout out to them. Um, my biggest support, my girlfriend, you know, and my friends. And, you know, just anybody that, uh, my work, you know, even though I do a whole different job for what I do, you know, on the road with these guys, they support me too. Everyone seems to see what we see. Right. And so I can't thank them enough. Uh, and I also want to thank all the local venues that let us play and still keep having us back. And I hope that continues. And I hope all the venues that we continue to venture into do the same. And, uh, to the stars and beyond motherfuckers. (laughs) Mine won't be so long with it. (laughs) Uh, I, I just like to thank my family for putting up with me for, uh, you know, putting all the time that I put into the band, but, uh, they know I love it. So, uh, that's what I'd like to thank. Uh, okay. Well, first, I'd like to thank this Michelob Ultra <laughs> that I'm drinking. I typically don't drink Michelob. It's not really my thing, but it is a very tasty ultralight beer. Even the can is slim. And it's Yeah, it's slim. It, it makes me feel good about myself. Um, makes me feel like I'm dieting. Um, but uh, this is a uh, local music show, so I would like to uh, very, very uh, uh, much thank um, all of our peers and all of the local bands that we play with all the time and uh, even when we don't uh, talk a whole lot outside of seeing each other at shows I want you guys all to know that I'm very grateful to uh, to know you and be your friend and I want to thank uh, uh, Nippertown and Jim for uh, uh, all the faith that you guys have poured into us and EQX and um, Ralph Renna and uh, you know the fuzzing uh, 518 rock show and um Really, just anybody who's ever been in our corner, despite uh, the fact that we've been underdogs for so long and still are, just thank you guys so much for uh, for always being in our corner and having our backs. And um, uh, my kids, uh, I have two two little girls, beautiful little girls, who um, I tell all the time, "Hey, Dad still plays music, so that uh, someday you're going to be proud of me." And uh, and they are. And and they are, and I'm so grateful for that. And um, uh, Tim King, our agent, um, and just yeah, and you, thank you so much, Andy. Yes, and thank you so much, yes, Andy. Yes, thank you. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. All right. So uh, cheers, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> so uh, that is Joe Mansman and the Midnight Revival Bands. I'm Andy Scullin. This is Unsigned Five One Eight. We'll see you on the road. Unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with Nippertown. You can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com. If you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on Unsigned 518, shoot me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Andy Scullin. I'll be back next week with another episode of Unsigned 518. Thanks for listening.